0: Do you feel like you have much more potential than you're able to actually realize in life? Maybe you feel that God has placed dreams in your heart, given you desires and aspirations, talents and gifts, but you don't know how to put them all to their full effect. In the month of March, we're going to be looking at how to discover and use your full God-given potential in a new message series called Weed It! and reap. Well, as you've just seen, we're starting a new message series today called Weed It and Reap. And obviously, you've heard the old saying, uh, read it and weep. But we don't want you to weep over negative things in your life. We want you to rejoice over the blessings that are coming into your life. We want you to reap a harvest of blessing in every area of life, and so that's what this message series is going to be about. We're going to be looking at the fact that the Bible again and again and again likens your life to a farm, and you're like a farmer. And the different departments of your life, the different things that you're involved in, your business, your career, your finances, your relationships, your family, your friends, your faith, all of that kind of stuff, they're all likened to different fields in your life. And the Bible's pretty clear that every field in your life, and in fact, your life itself, contains incredible God-given potential If only we knew how to cultivate our potential, how to weed the things out of our life that are choking our potential, how to plant good seeds into our life, and how to reap a harvest of blessing, happiness, provision, and abundance in every area of life. And so we're starting today with the first part of this series, and this part is called Cultivate Your potential say that with me please cultivate your potential you have potential like if you think you have no potential then you're not saying you're a loser you're saying God's a loser that God, you know, like sometimes he makes a good person, but very often, most of the time he makes failures, you know? No, God created you and he created you unique. He created you uh, uh, to be different from everybody else. And he created you to have amazing potential that he has placed within you. And so that's what we're gonna be looking at. But before we get into the Bible, before we start looking at some scriptures, um, I want to just show you a short video clip And the reason that, I'm sure everyone has seen this before. It's a few years old now. I mean, it, it was like viral on the internet for ages. It was shown on TV numerous times. But I want to show you again because I want to point out the fact that even if you don't think you've got potential, even if everybody around you, everybody in your life does not believe that you have potential, Even if you were to share your hopes, your dreams, your aspirations with them, would you be able to tell by what they say, their tone of voice, their body language, their facial expressions, you'd be able to tell that they're skeptical. They have doubts about you. They don't think you've got what it takes. And that's what we're going to see here. We're going to see a woman who had incredible potential but went her whole life not believing that she had the potential. And even more so, as you're gonna see, other people did not believe that she had the potential. So this is from the TV show Britain's Got Talent. This is from years ago. It is the first audition of Susan Boyle. And I want you to watch the body language and facial expressions on the judges and the audience before she starts singing. And after she starts singing, let's have a look at it. Didn't expect that, did you, he says. Do you know that if you were just to keep your big mouth shut and not tell anybody, and discover your God-given potential, and then just suddenly do it, all the people in your world are gonna look and say, I didn't expect that. Because we have so much self-doubt and skepticism about other people regarding their potential. And sometimes the people you know the most, you doubt the most as well. No, there's no way they could do that, and so on. You know, very often over the years, as I have got to know people or have prayed for people or whatever it may be, I find out that there are so many people that are struggling in life that will tell you that when they were children, their parents constantly told them they would never amount to anything. I mean, I just can't even, I'm trying to wrap my mind around, I'm trying to imagine saying that to my kids. It's like God has given you this pristine field called a child, and you're going to plant as many bad seeds in it as possible. And, and then, be, you know, You're not, you know, you're going to be surprised when you don't actually accomplish anything. You planted the you can't accomplish anything seeds in them. And what we sow, we also reap. And so here's what I want to share with you today. Here are my main points I want to talk about. I want you to view your life the way a farmer or a gardener views their farm or their garden or their orchard. Right, So when they go out and they see barren fields or they see trees with no fruit on it, they don't get into a fit of depression. They don't run away. They don't say, well, I'm going to give up being a farmer and I'm going to become a mechanic instead. They know that th- that farm, those fields, those trees contain unlimited Potential, and I literally mean unlimited. You have one apple seed. You plant it in the ground. It grows into an apple tree. That apple tree produces hundreds of apples. Each one of those apples has dozens of seeds. Each one of those seeds has the potential to produce another apple tree that will do the same. And the apple tree doesn't just do that once. It does it year after year after year. The Bible says that God's people are like trees planted by the Lord who shall bear their fruit in season. God looks at you as somebody with unlimited potential. And if you will start to view yourself and your life the way a farmer would view his fields, then you will realize that all all you need to do is cultivate that potential. You have potential. But if you don't cultivate it, it will become overgrown with weeds and it will become unruly things become unruly very quickly you might have a nice piece of of soil but you just leave it alone for a couple of weeks and very quickly it becomes unruly you might have a beautifully tidy and clean bedroom but you just put a teenager in there for two nights and open the door and it's like a, it's like it's turned into a landfill site and you wonder you know where did all this stuff where did all this come from Where did all these piles of clothes come from and all these McDonald's cups and everything else? Things become unruly very quickly. And you can look at an unruly part of your life and it can be, you can feel exhausted just looking at it. It can be overwhelming. But if you realize that the same soil that produces all of these weeds can also produce a field of wheat or corn or whatever it may be, the same life that is producing a big mess has the potential to produce a big blessing. The same man who was once Saul of Tarsus, who was the biggest persecutor of the Christian church, became Paul the Apostle, the greatest writer of the Bible. He had the same potential within him. And so if you begin to look at your life the way a farmer does, you have unlimited potential. The Bible depicts every aspect of your life as being something that you sow seeds into uh, so that you can reap a harvest. And so the the whole point is, if you do not like the harvest that's showing up in your life, what kind of seed are you planting into your life? Now you might have been sowing bad seed in your life for years and you only started yesterday to sow good seed in. It's gonna take a time there is seed time and harvest. In fact, let me show you that in the Bible. Let's just go to the, let's put up the next one. Here's what the Bible says. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest, cold and heat. Summer and winter, whatever the silly politicians say, God says we won't be dead in twelve years' time. The earth, the, the earth isn't going to be a perpetual desert. As locked. listen, who created the world? God. What does God say is going to happen? As long as the earth endures, the seasons will come and the seasons will go and the sun will rise and the snow will melt and the flowers will break through and all the carbon tax in the world won't do anything to change it, okay? Won't change a thing. That's what the creator says. Anyway, The Bible also talks about God's word as being like a seed. God's word. You know, the Bible's not really a book. It's really a bag, a bag of seed. And it's filled with healing seeds and answered prayer seeds and healthy relationship seeds and faith seeds, and we sow them in our heart. The the seed is God's word, and the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people. Your heart, your inner world is a field. A field with the potential of producing a huge harvest of blessing in your life. Now, are you cultivating your own inner potential? Are you planting good seed in it? It says they hear God's word, they cling to it, and patiently produce a skimpy, miserable little harvest, because God does everything small. Is that what it says? What kind of harvest? What kind? A huge harvest. You know, it's like somebody feels called by God to go to a city and to start a church. And they begin to sow the seed of the word and people begin to come and the church begins to grow. And then they go on Facebook and then somebody says, I visited that church, but it was big. I don't like big churches. You can't know anybody there. I think churches should be small because God doesn't want a huge harvest. Yes, he does. God wants a huge harvest. God wants a huge spiritual harvest. God wants to see millions of people's lives changed. God wants a huge harvest in your life, in every area of your life. Look, truly I say to you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, faith is like a seed. Faith is also a seed. The faith, the belief that you have, is a seed. Now, how do you plant it? You sow it when you say it. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Church, let me ask you a question. If nothing will be impossible for you. Is that another way of saying you have unlimited potential? If nothing is impossible for you. You know, faith can move mountains in your life. I'm sure you must have seen this before, you know, a giant boulder that's there, and but it's all cracked open and it's broken open and a tree's grown up the middle because there was one tiny little seed somehow or other get blown under that boulder. And it doesn't matter how big that boulder is, it doesn't matter how hard that boulder is, that little seed finds a way to remove every mountain that's in its way. And that's what faith does. Or how about this? The field is the world. The world is like a field. And you are like seeds that God has planted in this world. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. Or how about this one? Jesus is like a seed that is sown. And Jesus was talking about his death and resurrection and he likened it to this he said unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies it remains alone but if it dies it will grow and bear much fruit and look, if it that da- his death will produce many new kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. By G- Jesus was God's only begotten son, and he died and was raised again, and now we are all the children of God as a result of that. He brought a plentiful harvest. Or how about this one at the bottom? Do your planning and prepare your fields before building your house this is from the book of proverbs and what it's saying is this it's saying when you're starting out in life you're getting married you're you're settling down you're starting a family you're going to need a business to provide you with income and you're going to need a home to live in and what it's saying is this don't get yourself all extended on your home first when you have no income Get your business up and running first so that it will produce an income so that you can build your home and have a family. And it calls your business a field and it calls your income a harvest. Every area of your life, you know, every, everything that you're complaining about has incredible potential. If only you were to cultivate it, get the weeds out of it and plant good seeds in it even giving money in the offering. So there was a video earlier on about Vision Sunday's coming up soon. We're asking for a lot of money. Now, churches don't like asking for money. Pastors don't like asking for money. People don't like getting asked for money. However, maybe we should change the way we think of it. Maybe we should see our money not as something we are losing, but as seed that we are planting in a field that will grow and will produce a harvest back. Because that's how the Bible describes it. Have a look at this. It says... Now, the Apostle Paul here is writing to the church at Corinth. There is all the scripture references for all of these verses we've been reading down the bottom. And this is the last one. He's writing to the church at Corinth. And he's telling them that you know, he's kind of saying Vision Sunday's coming up soon. He's telling them that they're going to be taking up a special offering, a larger than usual offering. And he's asking them to begin to prepare themselves for giving money into this special offering. But he doesn't say to them, oh, I know it's a sacrifice. I know you're going to have to go without coffee for a week afterwards. You'll have no money left. He's not saying any of that stuff. Look what he says. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get only a small crop. It's like, duh, you know? This is not rocket science. This is agricultural science. You plant seeds and you get a harvest, right? Uh, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Remember, he's talking about the offering here. And he's likening giving in the offering to being a farmer and planning for a crop. You must each decide in your heart how much you will give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. How can you be cheerful about giving your money away? Because you're not giving your money away. You're planting seed that will produce a harvest. You cannot outgive God. Give, and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I never invented that. Jesus said that. And so whatever you sow, you will reap. Look at this, a cheerful giver. And God will generously provide for you. So it's not a case of I can't afford to give. It's I can't afford not to give. I want in on this investment opportunity, God. And then he says, he will provide everything you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over. Plenty left over to share with others. For God is the one who provides seat to the farmer and then bread to eat, in the same way he will provide and increase your resources. And I'm telling you, there are so many people, so many Christians in the world who think that God wants you to be poor or that being successful in any way is materialistic and all that. And I read the Bible and I come across these words. That's why I highlight them there. Because they stick out at me. Look at this. God wants to increase. Say it with me. God wants to increase my resources. Let's say it. God wants to increase my resources. So that I shall be enriched. See, you all pause there. Oh, you can't say rich in church. It's not. Look so that you will be enriched in every way, so that you will always be generous. It's kind of like, if God's gonna prosper anybody, who's he gonna prosper, Mr. Stingy or Mr. Generous? You see, God is a generous God and he loves to bless generous people. Everything in life is a seed. Put up the next slide. All of those verses basically say this, that the Bible Depicts every aspect of your life as sowing and reaping. The words you speak are seeds that are sown into the soil or the field of your heart. Faith is a seed. When you pray and you're believing that your prayer is going to be answered and you've got faith, that is a seed you're planting into your future for a future harvest. Faith is a seed and the way you sow it is to say it, to say it to God in prayer, to speak it out as words of faith. God's people are seeds that are sown into the field of this world. Jesus was a seed planted and raised again. You, a business or a career is a field that requires cultivation and money is a seed that we can plant and grow just like a farmer. Now as I was studying all of these passages and reading through and praying and thinking about it, There was a story that kept coming to me. I wanted to tell the story, and I'm going to tell the story, but I I almost didn't. I almost removed it from my notes, because in the last 11 years, I've told this story three times here. And I thought, well, that's three times in 11 years. I mean, they probably can't remember what I said 11 weeks ago. Never mind 11 years ago. Um, But what I, I really feel for academy students, because I told them this story, Three weeks ago. Okay? So you're going to hear it again, Academy students, but honestly, it is the best story. And if you've not heard me tell it, you've heard other preachers tell it. Preachers love this story. It was first told by a preacher. The preacher's name was Russell Conwell, and he told this story and wrote a book on it. And the story is called Acres of Diamonds. And I'll tell you the short version, because there's also a long one. The short version goes like this. There was once a man who was a farmer. He owned a farm. The farm did not have very good quality soil. It kind of made him a living, but that was it. It was hard. This farm was hard work. And he didn't get much of a return on it. And so he was struggling a little bit. And he kept hearing stories of people who had gone out prospecting and had found diamonds and had become incredibly wealthy. And so he thought, that's what I want to do. I I want to go and find diamonds. I want to get rich quick. I'm done with this farming business. So he sold his farm to somebody else. He took the money that he made from the farm and he lived on that money for the next two or three years while he went out prospecting, looking for diamonds. Well, eventually he completely ran out of money. He hadn't found any diamonds. He was broke, he was depressed, he was alone. And in a fit of despair, he threw himself off a cliff and committed suicide. But back at the farm, the man that had bought his farm had a friend visiting one day and the friend that he had was a guy who did actually work for a diamond mining company and so he was visiting his friend in his new farm and they're in the living room and they're drinking coffee and they're talking and then he he sees there's some ornaments on the mantle and he sees that there's this big piece of crystal that's lying up there and he goes over and he says where where did you find this and the farmer says oh that piece of crystal i found that in the creek bed just behind the house there And his friend said, This is not a piece of crystal. This is the biggest diamond I have ever seen in my life. And his farmer friend laughed and said, There's no way. There's no way that's a diamond. The creek bed's full of them. They went out and looked, and the man who sold the farm to go and find diamonds already owned acres of diamonds. But because he didn't know what diamonds looked like in their uncultivated form, he didn't recognize the incredible potential he already had. We do that all the time, church. We look at other people. We look at other businesses. We look at other jobs. We look at other families and we compare. And you know what happens? We then stop seeing the potential that we have and we want what they have. It's the old story about the two types of grass and the grass being greener on the other side, isn't it? It's the whole idea that you've got this horrible little bit of grass over there and you look across here And look at this nice green grass. And how come the grass is greener on one side of the path than it is on the other? And what we don't realize is it's the same grass planted in the same soil, it's got the same potential, but one side's been getting watered and cultivated, and the other side hasn't. I'm sure you've all heard the famous quote that goes along with it. If the grass looks greener on the other side, stop staring, stop comparing, stop complaining, and start watering the grass you're standing on. Everybody else in your street looks like they've got a happy family, and your family's a disaster area. I want you to know that as bad as your family is, it has the same potential to be that good. It has potential. You just need to cultivate the potential. Someone says, well, you don't know. You don't know my kids. You don't know what my kids are like. They don't have any potential. I mean, they're out in the street corner selling drugs. Well my goodness, they've got the potential to be an entrepreneur and start a business and employ people you just need to cultivate their potential if you don't cultivate the potential weeds and thorns will grow but something will grow either a drug dealing business will grow or an amazing business that employs hundreds of people in the city will grow if you cultivate the potential or if you neglect the potential it's all the same you know there is so much potential in every failing business there is potential in every declining church it's a field that just needs a farmer to cultivate the potential and see a harvest and folks not only in the fields of your life your family your relationships your home you know what it's like with your home you know that if you if you kind of like don't vacuum for a while if you neglect your home you know really really quickly things build up really really quickly everything goes chaotic but you also know that all you have to do is cultivate the potential of your home, of your family, of your relationships, of your finances and your bank accounts. You know some of you might need to just actually move things about a little bit. You've got all this potential there and it's not getting used. Or that career that you've got, or that business that you started and it's struggling just now, it's got potential in it. It needs cultivated. Or that course of studies that you've taken, All of these things are the fields of your life, and they all have potential. But the biggest field is the inner field, the the fertile soil of your imagination, of your mind, of your thoughts, of your emotions, your feelings, your heart, your soul, your spirit, the inner world, that's your main field. And you've got incredible God-given potential. When God created you, he created you with a unique personality different from everybody else. He gave you gifts and talents and abilities different from everybody else. He put dreams in your heart and gave you hopes and aspirations. There are things that inspire you that don't inspire other people. There are things that you are attracted to and that are attracted to you because it's part of the unique way that God has made you. But if you think there is nothing of value in your life, you will not cultivate it and bring out the harvest of blessing for yourself and for the world that God intends. So think of the acres of diamonds and look at what the Bible says here. Put the next one up. The Bible says this, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure, like diamonds that a man found buried in a field. And in his excitement, he went and sold everything else he had so he could buy that field. Now, what is that field? Where where is this treasure? Where has God hidden treasure? He's hidden it inside you. The field is the heart of man. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The Bible says that the kingdom of God, where the treasure is hidden, is not something outside of you. The kingdom of God isn't something you can see here it is there or there it is there. The kingdom of God, said Jesus, is within you. There is a kingdom within you. There is a field within you and hidden in that field is treasure that God has buried. God has buried potential deep inside of you. And do you see about his excitement? Part of the excitement of life is when you discover your God-given potential. You discover you've got a gift that you didn't know you had. You discover you've got a talent that you didn't know you had. You discover all of a sudden you feel inspired with a, an aspiration to do something that you've never felt before. All of that is treasure that is hidden in the kingdom within, that is buried in the field within you. And you know, you don't have to go and blab it to everybody. You don't have to go and say, I'm going to win, America's Got Talent. And everybody's gonna go, sure you are and talk you out of it the man never told anyone when he found his treasure he just went and got rid of everything else in his life all of the other wrong priorities he got rid of them all so he could focus on the one thing he could dig up that treasure he could realize his full god-given potential and manifest it on the outside the kingdom that is already deep down on the inside See if you can do this, church. See if you can change the way you view your life instead of viewing your life as lots of tasks that need to be accomplished. If you view your life as a farm with different fields, that one's growing corn, and that one's growing wheat, and, and that one's growing uh, dandel, uh, what do you call them, daisies, to, to, to sell in the, to the flower shop, and this one's growing bananas, or whatever it may be, you have got different fields In your life, all you have to do is cultivate the relationship field, cultivate the financial field, cultivate the faith and prayer field, cultivate whatever your ministry is in church field. Oh, I don't don't know what my ministry is. Well, that's great because right after the service, you can go out there and you can find out all about Gateway Kids, which is growing and which needs farmers to go and work in that field. Go and sow some good seed into that field. Go and be a Gateway Kids Farmer. And you find out about all of these fields in your life and you begin to cultivate them. But the one you need to cultivate the most is you. And when you begin to view your life like that, it changes changes your outlook. And so, three ways it changes your outlook. First one is this. It gives you a sense of competence. Very often in life, we feel incompetent. We feel out of our depth. Oh, I don't know what to do, I'm totally out of my depth. There's so much going on, I can't cope with all, right? But if you can take a step back and say, no, I have fields in my life, and each one of these fields has incredible potential, and all I have to do is cultivate the potential, weed the things out of my life that are choking the potential, and plant good seeds. All of a sudden, you get a sense of competence. You feel, I can do this. I am capable of doing this. My life is not out of control. I might not have a harvest right now. It might be winter time in some area of my life. But springtime will come, and the plowing of the ground will come, and the planting of the seeds will come, and a harvest will come. My life will bear fruit in every area. You get a sense of competence. There's four levels of competence. The first one is when when you're unconsciously incompetent. You're incompetent at doing something, but you don't know you're incompetent. It's like when a kid who can't ride a bicycle has never tried to ride a bicycle, has never thought about riding a bicycle. That child is incompetent at bicycle riding, but they're unconsciously incompetent. They don't know they're incompetent and you can go through life happy, la-dee-da, I am completely incompetent but I'm totally unaware of it so it's absolutely fine. And then the next stage is when the parent says to the kid, I have bought you a bike, come on get on the bike and I'll show you how to ride it and the kid's all frightened and the kid falls off the bike and cuts her knees. The child is still incompetent at riding a bike but now they're consciously incompetent. Now they know that they can't do it. And that is the point that most people stop. They don't realize that they don't have competence in some area. Then they try to do it and they suddenly realize that they don't have any competence. That's when you discover how much you don't know about something. And at that point, most people give up. But if you realize this is just, there's different seasons in the harvest and this is the falling off the bike season. But if I keep going, and eventually, the child can, can ride the bike, but they have to really think about it and concentrate on it, you know, and ring their bell and all that stuff. They have to really think about what they're doing. They have gone from being unconsciously incompetent to consciously incompetent to consciously competent. They can now ride a bike, but they have to think about it. And you know what happens? Eventually, you become unconsciously competent. You can ride your bike while you talk on your phone, eat a hamburger and wave to your friend all at the same time. Don't even think about it. It's completely natural. It's second nature. That's what your life should become like, becoming more and more competent. The more competent you become, the more confident you become in life. Instead of being fearful and anxious, you begin to feel confident. You begin to feel bright. You begin to become optimistic, confidence, because you know what you're doing. And it also brings a sense of congruence, a sense that everything in my life is coming together. Everything's dovetailing, everything's working together. I've got balance with my home, with my career, with this, with that, and I, 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 everything is working together. And so I want to pray for us now. I want to pray that every one of us would begin to go through an inner mindset change that instead of seeing your life as a lot of problems that need to be solved, or a lot of tasks that need to be performed, that you'll begin to see your life as a farm and you as the farmer. And that every field in your life simply needs to have its God-given potential cultivated. When When you begin to see your life as fields of potential instead of as lists of problems, it will totally transform your outlook on on the world. And remember, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Come on, let's stand up together. We're gonna pray. I'm gonna pray for you, first of all. And then I'm gonna lead us in a prayer. So let's just lift up our hands and close our eyes and receive. Father God, I pray for each one of us here today. Let your Holy Spirit come and move. Move in this place. Move in our hearts and in our minds. I pray, Father God, you would begin to blow away the clouds of pessimism and doubt And anxiety and confusion. And I pray that the light, the sunlight of your blessing would shine into our lives. Bringing hope and faith and optimism and a dream for our future. Begin to change our world as you change our lives we ask in Jesus name. Let's say this together. I declare in faith. Given me unlimited potential, I have gifts.